Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. This is the place, the location right here where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Today, back for the second time after a year, Brains, Emma Turton. I'm so excited to have her. She is a, um, I'm sorry, a medical intuitive. You got to go back and listen to the other show because she's deep. She teaches us how to balance our energy. We have to watch out for those energy vampires. We have to watch out um, for ourselves, how we get drained, how we get triggered, knowing how to create balance and harmony in our life. She's going to talk about that and a whole lot more. And all of her accomplishments, I can't wait to give her her flowers. Welcome her back to the show. How are you, Emma? Thanks, April. I'm really well, thank you. Really well. Thanks for having me. You have a million dollar smile. Yes, you do. Yes, you oh, do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> so bring my, my brains up to speed. For those that don't know you, tell them a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Sure. So I'm a medical intuitive and the founder and director of Medical Intuition School. And so medical intuition is, you know, learning to see inside the body as so I, I see inside my clients intuitively and help them to identify the root cause of what's coming up in their health uh, or in their life and help them know how to heal. And so that um, I, I work with my clients to, to identify those root causes. And I also teach others to do the work that I do. Um, so my background is as a health professional and university lecturer, um, but I have been working as a medical intuitive solely for over 10 years now. Um, so it, this is this is where I sink my teeth into that meeting place between science and spirituality, um, between medicine and metaphysics. And I see that the you know health issues that we have, what I learned through my own health journey and what I've absolutely witnessed thousands and thousands of times in others is that our health issues start in our energetic field. Our, they start in our emotions, our beliefs, our fears, our traumas, and they root into our physical body and can create yeah. illness and injury there. And we can work from the physical aspect and we can, modern medicine often just treats the symptoms, but that doesn't necessarily get to why it showed up. When we identify and, and work on that root cause, we can have radical healing. So I've worked with clients that have had far more impressive healing experiences than I myself personally had, mm. um, you know, where people have, have managed to have tumors disappear in a day, where people have managed to completely radically shift chronic um, autoimmune arthritic conditions within their body within a matter of weeks that have been there for 15 years, you know, so these sorts wow. of things can be really powerful. It's so much more powerful than just understanding why you have a medical condition. It's about not just understanding it, but allowing yourself to be free from the symptoms. Okay. And then, you know, that is the dis-ease and then it turns in disease. Um, and so many people don't identify with that because 
modern day medicine or Western medicine treat the symptoms. That's right. That's you know. right. And, and you know, we- and that's really valid. I'm all for treating symptoms and being comfortable. <laughs> I, I often say that that medicine is just as spiritual as meditation. Uh, it depends how we see it. But the thing is, if we only treat the symptoms and we don't do the deeper work, then when the, the medication wears off, the symptoms come back. And sometimes they get louder and deeper into the body and come up in different ways because we're stifling the voice of our body the body communicates with us through the language of symptoms and when we only suppress the symptoms and don't do the deeper work it goes deeper you know we could start with a skin condition it ends up as a thyroid condition which ends up as a as a spinal condition which ends up as an arthritic condition i've heard that you know cancer and again a disclaimer i am not a doctor this is just information that i've heard on the street so i can get clarification from experts such as emma and others but it's like they treat cancer. Maybe you have melanoma, but it started somewhere else in the body. Yes. And, you know, it morphs into other things. So when you say do the deeper work, give me an example of what you mean by do the deeper work. Is this, again, through meditation? Is this Reiki? Is this hypnotherapy? Is this an injection? What, what, what do you mean by do the deeper work? Yeah, that's an awesome question, April, because it can mean so many different things to different people, right? Uh, so for me, the deeper work is is from all directions. So we don't just approach it from one place. We look at a whole life picture and we work out how it showed up in the first place, what was going on in the person's life at the time and how they reacted to that when this thing first showed up. And so depending on the issues, you the deeper work can look like um, deep emotional clearing. It can look like going into releasing trauma from the nervous system. It can look like uh, diving deep into nutrition and restructuring how we're nourishing ourselves, not just in a physical food sense, but also how we're nourishing ourselves with what we watch, how we're nourishing ourselves with our relationships, how we're really, you know, nourishing ourselves with our life and how we're, we're, um, lighting ourselves up with what we do every day. Uh, And and it can look like, um, you know, releasing what we've been holding, our deep beliefs and fears uh, and shifting that completely out of the body. Um, So that, and and a lot of, you know, you know, people who have had, and, you know, I have myself as well dealt with chronic health issues when we've had something a long time um, or if it's really serious we often develop ideas around it. We have ideas that we're stuck with it or that it's it's really big and therefore it's going to be really hard to move. And those beliefs in themselves can stand in the way of us improving and getting better. Uh, so sometimes it's beliefs around how that d- disease or injury or illness actually works within the body. And because I connect with my clients and see inside their anatomy, I can see how it's affecting their body and I can, I can give them more information around that. Um, And sometimes it's about releasing the beliefs they have around that as well as why it showed up in the first place. Mm. Um, But approaching it from all angles, supporting the body to heal itself because the body knows what it needs in order to heal in any moment. And if we're not listening and we're just stifling its voice, then we don't get to know how to respond to what the body needs sometimes the body needs gentleness sometimes the body needs to be you know pushed out of its comfort zone the the body needs different things and different support and so when we can listen to us and respond to it it makes such a huge difference in terms of being able to radically heal so when you make these radical transformations and these healings give me um give me an example of 
some work that you've done. But also, Grace, what I need for you to understand is that you need to be open to this type of modality. And you need to show up and you need to do your part of the work. It's not that Emma is going to have the magic pixie dust, which I'm sure she does, but abracadabra, everything's going to be fine. You're going to have to be open. You're going to have to be vulnerable and you're going to have to follow up and follow through. What is the, the ideal client? Um, and then also tell me something that you've, you've really seen that's impacted and changed someone's life. Yeah, so the ideal client is someone who already knows that they can do this work, you know, who already knows that that they have more buy-in to their health than perhaps they've been led to believe um, through their education or through the health system, through their medical team. Um, the, the person who knows, hang on, there must be more to this. I must be missing something. There must be another key component. The person who is willing to keep digging and digging until they find that root cause and is then willing to do the work on that and willing to shift and change things. Sometimes it can look like radical. Let me ask you a question, though. When you say when they find it, that can also be traumatic. Yes, it can be. It can be traumatic. They can pull up something that they probably have suppressed for I don't know, eons. Yes, but the thing is, what I've found when you're, you know, with someone who is, you know, has a, has a very high standard of ethics and a very high standard of client care, mm-hmm. they can hold the space for a person to revisit some things that may have been traumatic, that may have been what caused their illness or injury to happen. Um and to revisit it, not necessarily from a place of talking therapy, because so there's a very valid place in the world for talking therapy, but that can also, from my experience of working with clients who've done a lot of talking therapy, mm-hmm. it can re-traumatize and keep us right, stuck. Right, 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 right. And, and so I, and I hear that a lot, you know, and, and now with like RTT therapy, uh, mm-hmm. what people are doing, they get you to a certain point, they don't make you actually, or someone that has PST, uh, PTSD, they don't take you right to that they take you right to that point, but they allow you to reframe it so that yes. you're not re-traumatized. Am I getting that right? Yes, that's exactly right. Uh-huh. And it's, so it's how we view it and how we respond to it that changes our physiology. Mm. And, and so what you have the opportunity to do, you know, and it's not always traumatic. Sometimes it's something quite small and simple. And it's just like a, a dawning realization of, ah, oh, that's the key thing that I've been missing. Let's work there, you know. But other times, if it is something really big and, and quite traumatic, what we can do is really gently revisit you and how you felt at that time, you and what you've carried forwards as beliefs. Okay, let's go back and see if there's somewhere before that that maybe it, it was already there as a limiting belief. Let's work there as well because that's less traumatic than the traumatic experience. Often we take away perceptions from that traumatic experience based on what the way we already saw the world before. Mm-hmm. And so getting to those earlier times, earlier times in childhood. Uh, and, you know, sometimes right, I was just about work. to ask you about doing that inner child work. Yes. I've seen videos of that and that can be, in, that can be intense. Again, I'm not trying to scare you brains. I want <laughs> you to go full throttle, but you know, I want to uh, do some past life regression. Yeah. There's a message there for me. What it is, I don't feel like I'm experiencing any trauma. I don't have any medical conditions, but there is something that's egging me on. There is something that I need to know. There's something that uh, I need to process. There's something, 
even to carry me on to you know, the next level of awareness and consciousness. Do you find that people sometimes also not just get over their illness, but also thrust forward into uh, realizing who they are meant to be and their life purpose? Oh, absolutely. That's actually my favorite part of the work. Mm. Uh, so people will often be attracted to my work because of a health issue. And then we'll go, oh, it's not just about health. <laughs> it's right. so much more. Because once we release those limiting beliefs, those fears, once we release the trauma from the system, once we change our perspective on ourselves, we shift so much and we approach the physical aspects and support the body as well, our whole life can change. And, you know, that was certainly my experience. I went from, from sick, miserable and, you know, overweight and just, you know, really on the, on the absolute edge in my life. Uh, with you know a relationship that was abusive with with a job that I really didn't enjoy to you know to to being in an amazing loving supporting relationship to to absolutely thriving to having you know a beautiful home that I love to to changing my whole career to stepping out of my comfort zone in ways I would never have thought was possible 20 years ago um, and and that has you know, it's it's a it's a good example of that. But what I see, you know, in my clients as well is that, um, you know, for instance, I had a really beautiful client that came to see me with ankylosing spondylitis, which is you know an arthritic condition that is chronic, progressive. It gets worse. It's visible on scans. You know, it's it, mm. it she'd had it for about 15, 17 years. It was a long time. Um, and you've been putting off coming to work with me. And when she came, I was like, yes, I'm so glad you came to work with me because I had a feeling you were coming. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and so we did this deeper work. Um, she committed to working with me for three months. And we did this deeper medical intuition work. I looked inside to see where it had started, what had begun within her body. And, you know, we we looked at everything from, from you know, nutrition to, um, you know, how she was managing her pain and her stiffness uh, which when she came to see me was at nine or ten out of ten every single day pain and stiffness wow. and she was struggling yeah struggling mother of two single mum of two struggling with work struggling with everything everything was hard and she was on you know daily injections to help decrease and suppress her immune system to stop her from having so much pain and stiffness and none of that was really changing her life and so we did this work. We changed what she was doing to nourish herself. We we started to listen and respond to her body. I got her learning the language of her body as well. And then we did the deeper work on some of the aspects of her past relationships, mm. um, you know, past um, past relationships with a partner, past relationships with parents, past relationships with siblings. And because that's where I could see this all starting. And within uh, four weeks, she stopped taking her medication. She went back to her rheumatologist and said, I don't need you anymore. Within, within three months, her pain was right down to zero out of 10, occasionally one out of 10 for stiffness. But if there was a little stiffness, she knew exactly why it was there and she did the work and sorted it herself. And it's like four years down the track, she messages me from time to time going, I can't thank you enough. You know, I have this incredible relationship. I love my work now. You know, I've just, I've got a whole new, I've got a house, I've got this, I've got that. And she just right. loves the things going on in her life right now. I was glad that you brought that into it because these tools, we want them to be able to be something that people can draw back on when they're not working with you, that they're embedded in them, that they know exactly what triggers them, what to do, and then come to you, of course, for fine tuning, or if there's something else that's going on, because it, 
impacts, like you said, every aspect, your finances, your relationship, your parenting, your self-love, your self-worth, all that. How did you find this modality? As so I was struggling with my own health. Uh, as a health professional, I thought I had all of the answers. <laughs> so I did all of the things, <laughs> went to all the specialists, did the conventional pathway, got a whole pile of different diagnoses. And I found myself, and, and I was told I'd have them for life. I had heaps of medication that I needed to take daily. I had one of those big pill boxes that had the, you know, morning, midday. Oh, wow. Full of handfuls of pills I had to take every day and was told if I'd stopped taking them I was stupid literally had those words from my doctor um and so I woke up on my 29th birthday and laid in bed in pain just curled in a ball not wanting to get up because I couldn't move my hands and feet that was so arthritically jammed up that was so frozen I was I felt like I had been punched in the stomach although I hadn't um I was just in so much pain throughout my whole um, body um, from arthritis. I had a chronic health, a chronic lung condition. I had chronic skin conditions, chronic infections. I was depressed and anxious and I was overweight and so miserable. And I, I eventually just, I just cried. I just thought this can't be it. I'm doing all the right things and I'm getting worse. I felt like I was about 80, you know, I didn't feel mm -hmm. like I was 29. When I got up, I knew I'd be hobbling and, you know, all of that. I was, I was in a really bad way. And I thought, this can't be it. There must be more than what I'm doing. And I had this real cracking open moment. And in that moment, I realized that I'd been handing over all responsibility for my healing to my medical teams, of which there were many. <laughs> I had different teams for all the different parts of my body, none of whom talked to each other. Um, okay. And I was handing over the responsibility for my happiness to my husband at the time who, you know, was struggling with his own stuff. And I was just not taking any responsibility or control of what was going on in my life. I was just taking the medication, hoping it would get better. Right. And so I started small. I started step by step unpacking the different aspects of my life. And I started with nutrition because that was something I could immediately change. Right. I started changing what I was putting in my body and I started rethinking some of the choices I'd made and looking at my life through new eyes. What I found was the missing piece was that the things I had chosen and the reasons I had chosen them were actually when a lot of my symptoms started. Mm. So, you know, for instance, you know, choosing to be in a relationship where I was, you know, controlled, manipulated, not happy, um, that that was a real key point at which my health started to unravel, but I didn't see it at the time. Mm, okay. Choosing to be in a job that I dreaded, you know, Sunday night, I didn't want to go to work on Monday and I felt quite sick at the whole concept and I was just run ragged, didn't feel rewarded. That choosing to keep going and staying in that job no matter what was another key component Mm. to me being physically very unwell. And as I unpacked and re-chose each of these things, my life completely shifted. My health completely shifted. Symptoms started to disappear. And I thought, but how can that be? How can that be related? And I didn't know what medical intuition was at that point. Um, and so I started, I unpacked, I healed my body, started working with clients one-to-one um, -one as a physiotherapist, a nutritionist, physical therapist, a nutritionist. Uh, in my own practice. And what I found was that the more I did to, he to keep evolving and growing in my life and healing in my life, mm -hmm. the more I was able to see things in my clients' lives, in, in their bodies, in their life that I couldn't explain. 
And so I was, you know, I felt like I didn't have permission. So for instance, someone would come and see me about changing her diet for cholesterol issues, high cholesterol. And I would see that her high cholesterol was linked to her relationship with her ex-husband and her adult daughter. But she hadn't told me because she was sitting there eating a tub of ice cream. Yeah, that's to right the, to get through the pain and so yeah i can see that and, exactly. and diabetes and all those kind of things but also a willingness because it's where you find comfort it's yes. what makes you happy it's that quick fix it's that you know it's that high sometimes it's alcohol sometimes it's drugs sometimes it's sex you know but among all of those things there is still as you say one common denominator yeah you know yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and so that choice that we have that we often don't realize we had <laughs> when we made it, we can choose again. We can choose again. And there's so much freedom in that. But the thing is, it's not necessary to have to, like I did, I radically changed everything. I, I changed where I lived. I changed who I was with. I changed my job. I changed, you know, you don't have to do it that way. Work that I, do <laughs> well, with my well, you, I mean, if you can, why not? You know, start it out. Yeah, people think, you know, but people think that they have to stay stuck, Emma, and that's in any situation. You don't have to stay stuck, but it is so, again, scary for a lot of people to take that leap of faith. I'm a risk taker. I always have been. Uh, I'm a thrill seeker. You know, I, I, I get off on that. You know, what is possible? What else is out there? Bring me the right people. It's the mindset, it's the conversation, it's the consciousness. And it's waking up and being conscious. So many people are asleep. And you would have thought after COVID, you know, we talked about that in the green room, that people would have really taken advantage of that perfect pause to stop, reassess, reevaluate, and start anew. But now they figure, well, everything's back to normal, but it is so far from what we knew as normal how it impacts our children you know the work that you do are you able to do that with you know uh with young adults with young with young minds young people you know i don't know how young you want to do it uh but i'm saying teenagers adolescents because they're saying that in the first seven years of your life is really when a lot of these traumas are embedded in you these limiting beliefs, that negative self-talk, or how you've been treated by your parents, or even epigenetics, generational trauma that's being rolled over into you. Can you do this kind of work with children to help them? You've got so many children now that are ADHD, uh, that are autistic, um, that are just withdrawn. Yes, absolutely. And yes, so this work can be done, particularly with um, down to sort of adolescence. What I generally do with um, children below, say, around 12 years of age mm-hmm. is that I work with the parents. Um, so because what mm-hmm. often happens, or the main caregiver, if that's not the parents, so what often happens is that the children are an extension of the energy of the parents. So when Absolutely. the parents do a lot of this work, mm-hmm. the children have radical shifts Mm. Um, and it's not there's absolutely no blame in there there's no guilting or shaming in there at all that's not what I mean it's just it's just a fact that our children respond to our energy and any new mum will know that that the more anxious she is the more unsettled her baby will be and the more unsettled the baby is the more anxious she gets and it's like this vicious cycle right right oh excuse me so you can see it as a as immediate feedback with the baby 
but that's still true up until sort of the age of around 15, um, that, that children usually are still very much embedded in the energy of the parents. And so when the parents do this work, it can be really powerful. Uh, but it, it's such a, an amazing thing to realise when your child is young that you can do this work because you can shift things on their behalf uh, yeah. so that they don't have a lifetime of, of having to work through them. And, you know, ADHD and autism are really uh, dear to my heart because I have a child with ADHD and a child with autism out of my three boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really dear to my heart. And what I've learned through doing this work of viewing into the neurology of people who are on the autism spectrum or who have ADHD, is that there is a different, uh, it's like an operating system. You know, like you have a computer and you're either got, you know, Apple or, a, you know. I, I don't know. Now we got to watch it. We got this artificial intelligence. This AI is just it's crazy. <laughs> it is a whole new world. <laughs> it is, but again, it's reframing, it's reprogramming. So I'm, I'm glad that you, and thank you for sharing that, you know, about your children as well, because people want to know that this is relatable and this is an option. Uh, yes. But you have to uh, be able to have the resources. You're in Australia. I'm sure yes. that you do a lot of work remotely. Or I only work remotely. remotely. <laughs> so I, I don't do any work in person anymore. I stopped that years ago because it was just like a logistical difficulty for me trying wow. to with my children. So I only work online. Um, so you can see me from all over the world. And I've trained other medical intuition practitioners as well. Um, so there you can access some of them from my website, medicalintuitionschool.com. If you want to find someone else to work with who's in your area, some people do work in, in person, uh, you can do that there. Um, but it is such... definitely a leader in the industry. Tell me about some of these amazing awards and accolades that you've been receiving. Uh, yeah, so I was really... Um, Honoured to receive the International Innovate Awards, which is a business award for um, the the number one in the world uh, personalised health and wellness business of the future. Uh, it was it actually only hit me a few it hit me a few weeks after I was awarded it. I thought it was like, hang on, this is an international award, and I was up against all these international businesses. Oh, that means I'm number one in the world. <laughs> like, it was a, it was a really funny moment. <laughs> that is um, perfect. So, so um, honoured to, to receive that. And that's because of the work that I do, training others to do this work to change the health system. Mm. So my vision is that because a lot of the people I train to do medical intuition are medical doctors, are physiotherapists, are nurses who are already coming from that conventional health background, some of whom are combining their work. Right. Isn't that called, called uh, what is that called? Integrative medicine? Is that- yes. Okay. Yes, but it's a it's a different form of integrative medicine because often integrative medicine is doing lots and lots of tests on people and then looking at the results. Um, you know, that's just from my experience. Uh, apologies to those out there who practice integrative medicine that doesn't look like that. Okay. Um, but but with medical intuition, we don't need to do all of those tests. We sure we can absolutely send people to get confirmation uh, and to test for specific things, but by viewing into the body intuitively you can see what's going on so you can feel into the cells you can feel into yeah, and i was going to ask you that too about cells you know this is um it's it's very revolutionary now that they are doing uh, a lot of beta uh they're doing a lot of work i deal with some people here in science and research with these uh zebra fish that are able to mimic a lot of the same characteristics that we as human beings have and they're able to 
change the molecular structure with wow. some of this work at the cellular level, you know, and it's beyond stem cell brains. So it's a lot that you can integrate in this. And as you were saying, uh, um, with children, it used to be where you were shamed and you were punished in school. And now I'm finding that they are a lot more progressive where they are teaching them mindfulness and they are teaching them yoga and they are doing Reiki. They are giving them options outside of shaming and blaming and, you know, putting the dunce hat on you or putting you in the corner, those type of things, because that impacts you as well. That compounds the trauma and adds to it. So it, you know, and it's difficult. And then when you have a child that's, you know, for the lack of a better term, out of order, whatever that order may be, you don't know how to deal with it. So you go to these medical professionals and a lot of times now they're medicating them. Right. And that is for, you know, adult children as well. They are medicating them. You see, yes. There's so many people that are on these, you know, we're not going to name what the drugs are, but you know that, that I know. And then they get addicted to it and they never, they never get back. They never get right. So when you find yourself and you're in this happy place and you realize that these are my triggers and this is what I need to do to get better, um, there's a new awakening. There's an adjustment period. Yes. Because again, you've reframed it. That's how, do people, how do people handle that? Because that can be shocking too. You know, it's like, wow, you know, I've done the deep dive. Now I am committed and obligated to this new way of life. How do you help them settle in and adjust? Yeah, it can be a big thing because if we've identified ourselves with a diagnosis for a long time um, and suddenly we go, well, I don't even meet the criteria for that diagnosis now that I've healed myself, then that can be, you know, you've got you've got a whole new identity to work out who you are. You know, you need to to really deepen into who you are. And so, yeah, absolutely supporting people to to my focus there. And if this is speaking to, you know, your listeners as well, that. Um, if you are finding yourself in a new place without a diagnosis, it can be a very vulnerable position to be in because we can need to lean into something else to identify with. And so be really gentle and really kind to yourself and focus mm -hmm. on what lights you up, focus on what makes you tick and makes you excited. Because when you start to lean into and follow the things, the breadcrumbs, of the the things that really light you up and it can be really simple it can be you know you like to have a dance party in your car to silly music right. or it can be that you really really love animals and you want to go and work in a shelter part-time and and you know just be around animals more or it could be that you love flowers and you want to plant lots of flowers in your garden and have flowers in your house you know it can be simple things they can be little things it could be that you want to learn how to paint you know go and start learning who you are without that diagnosis without that um without that you know because I see the diagnosis a little bit like a curse right it's mm -hmm. it, once you have it it kind of tells you what your future is going to be because right. you believe that future is attached to the diagnosis absolutely so when you take that away you don't know who your future what your future is or who you are anymore so find see it as a really exciting time a time of self-discovery of exploration a time mm -hmm. when you can think back to who you were before the diagnosis and go I always wanted to learn 
I don't know, painting on crockery. I'm going to go and, you know, <laughs> learn how to do something. Right. I'm going to do a class and I'm going to see if I like it. Nope, didn't like that. Okay, I might learn golf, you know, and, and just try a few things out and learn who you are right. now that you no longer have that identity and you get to create your whole new identity exactly as you want to, but follow what lights you up. Don't let someone else give you the identity or lean immediately into one that's nearby. Right. And don't let it handicap you either. You know, you may get a diagnosis, but there's people that are living with a lot of things they've overcome. And again, now, Emma, and I I have to say this to the skeptic, you know, there's going to be people that you are not able to help them completely recover. That's just, you know, we are all organic. We are all going to expire. Whether we like it or not, we all have an expiration date. Um. But the comfort in knowing that there's someone like you that is willing to walk beside us through that journey, through that door, past that iron curtain, is very um, is very heartwarming as well. I think the last time I spoke to you, I don't know if my mother had passed. Yes. But, yeah, um, it was, again, it was a transition like I had never seen. I was bent, but I wasn't broken. Mm-hmm. I was able to understand that I she and everything that is in this world is energy and energy only changes forms. So having that realization that, you know, okay, I may have, you know, an autoimmune disease Hmm. and, you know, I may be at the end of my road, but appreciating the moment, appreciating the life that you've lived, the people that are around you, and also being able to look forward to what there is that lies ahead. Me personally, I don't believe that this is the end. I think that it is a, a time of transition. Um, there's lessons to be learned here before we can go on to the next class. It's a prerequisite. So to those people that you know, may be at the point of their passing in their lives, what would you say to them? It's absolutely true that healing is not always in our path or recovering from an illness, I should say, is not always in our path. But what I do see is a very distinct difference between being healed and being cured. So being you can be cured without being healed and you can be healed without being cured. And I'm going to tell you the difference here. So being cured is when you remove the issue, you remove the illness Um, you no longer have it. So for instance, you may have, say, for instance, breast cancer, you have a radical mastectomy, we've got it all, it's gone. But you may still be living constantly in fear and living in the situation and the lifestyle that gave you breast cancer in the first place, you know, and so you're still living with the mindset, with the fear, with the beliefs, with the trauma of what created that cancer in your body. That's not healed. That's cured, but not healed. Whereas you could potentially be in the situation where, for instance, that, you know, cancer is another good example, that that has spread throughout the body, um, that there is no known cure. You know that your time on this earth is, is limited, like all of our time is limited, but it may be more limited than you thought. And in that moment, you can still experience profound healing. You can still be 100% at peace with your family, with yourself with whatever you believe in terms of spirituality 
with a higher power, if you believe in a higher power, you can feel 100% connected to the world around you and deeply in love and loved by nature around you. And you can feel a deep love for the humans that you leave on the earth after you go. And, and to me, that's healed. To me, that is healed. And you can be healed without being cured. And you can pass into whatever the next phase is mm. after this life without, um, you know, being healed, but without having been cured of what took you there. We, we all do pass away. That's a, that's a fact of life and it's a part of our cycle here. But it's how we get there and what we're experiencing in that transition that makes all the difference, right? All the, all the difference in the world. It's yeah. not how you die. It's how you've lived. Yes. So Emma, thank you so much for being back here on the edge with us. That was that was full. That was that was very powerful. And I thank you for that. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you. They want to work with you. They want to become one of your clients. They want to get more information. How do they reach out to you? Yeah, so you can uh, get to know me more if you want to on Facebook. That's where I spend a fair bit of my time. I'm also on Instagram. Um, so Facebook is Emma Turton Medical Intuition School. And it's T-U-R-T-O-N for those who want to hear my surname. Um, and uh, Instagram, Emma Turton dot Medical Intuition. And you can find my websites to reach out to me, to work with me, uh, emmaturton.com.au or medicalintuitionschool.com. Um, and you can find other practitioners on medicalintuitionschool.com that I have trained as well that may be in your area. We've got, I've got practitioners in uh, four continents of the world at least so far. So, because um, I run- And Brain, she is an, an international- award winner okay she's been acknowledged and rewarded thank you so much for being here on the edge brains we want to give you the best and the brightest we want to give you options we want to give you alternatives we want to give you joy choices we want to give you love uh and that's self-love and the only way that you can do that is reach out and explore call her have the consultation um again you don't know what you don't know okay thank you so much emma you are the best Thank you, April. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, all of you, for listening. Thank you. All right. Bye, brains. Bye.